Good morning. Man, is God good or what? He has blessed us with amazing worship team and an amazing man of God and Mr. Ben. Can, can we take a second and pray for Mr. Ben? Come on, brother. We prayed for Mr. Ben in the green room earlier, and I know prayer works, but man, when you get a whole group of people together to pray, something something bigger happens. And I know that the enemy is messing with Ben this morning based off of what he's told me. I can't imagine what he's feeling or, or everything that's going through his mind, but I know that if this man stands before you and and cries out to God to help him that he's in need of help, you know, and I'm not wanting to put him on front street at all, but I know his heart. And so let's just pray. If you would just raise your hands toward him. Lord God, I just come into you right now. I thank you and I praise you for this man of God. I thank you and I praise you that in a time when the fiery darts of the enemy are coming on just with intensity, Lord God, this man who trusts in you, who pours out to you, Lord God, who submits to you, Lord God, he stood, he stood under your banner. He stood, Lord God, knowing that you are fighting the battle. He stood, Lord God, knowing that you are in control. God, he stood. And I thank you and I praise you for such a man of God, such a leader, Lord God. And I pray right now, Father, that as he since since he stood for you, Lord God, and I know you've already done, don't get me wrong, I know you've already done, Ben knows you've already done more than enough. But God, we're asking right now that, Father, you would fill up your son. Lord God, that you would work on his behalf. Lord God, let him see that you are moving, Lord God. Lift his spirit, Lord God. Lift him up, Lord God. Fill him up to overflowing, Lord God, because I believe that he has poured out this morning here on this stage. And, Father, he needs more. He needs more because he's got more to go, Lord God. And I just pray right now that you would surround him, protect him, Lord God, and just love on him, comfort him. Let him know that you are here. Let him feel you. Let him see you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. And I tell you, I, I said this repeatedly, Pastor Jeff and I, we are surrounded by such an awesome group of people, um, leaders, congregation, you all, you guys are loving and caring. And man, I, I sat back there as I was praying and and worshiping in the last song and I was just like I don't I know I know that not every church not every environment allows for space for people to be imperfect um and and though though they may say they do it's it's that unspoken weird like you know Oh, we want you to be you, but don't be. <laughs> you know what I mean? We want you as you are, but just try to look like you're not having any problems at all. You know? And I, I, I'm going to be very honest. It's, it's a hard place. It's a hard balance 
because you you know you want let let me use let me use our houses our homes right we live in our homes and you know what i mean when i say we live in our homes if you have kids it's most unfortunate you really know what i mean because they definitely live in the home uh every part of it um and you want to be hospitable, right? You want to be open and, and uh, you want to invite people in to share and share life and show them, you know, the love of Christ. But when your house is a little unsettled, you don't want to have nobody come in your house. You know what I mean? You know, one too many one or two, three, four, five, six, seven, too many water bottles sitting around. Uh huh. You know, Legos, if you allow that sort of thing. I, I said no. No, I'm just. <laughs> but the point I'm making is, is that it, it's, we're hesitant. We're hesitant to want to invite people in. We're hesitant to to be open when it looks a mess, even though we know that that's just part of life, right? So then we wanna clean up and it's not always that we wanna clean up because it looks messy, like because we're ashamed of it, but it's because we want to present something better, right? We wanna present who Christ is to us. Like I may be a mess, but Christ makes me better. So I want to present that. And it's like, where's that line at where we want to present what Christ is doing in us versus what we really are, you know? And, and today, I sat back there and I listened and I heard Ben, I, I, I heard him present who Christ is all the while being who he was and, and dealing with what he was dealing with. And it, it's a tough balance, but... That right there was leading by example. He did it. He did it. He nailed that junk. Um, and that's the church that I want to be. Uh, that's the church that I want to be. And I'm telling you what, we may stumble. We may trip. We may struggle to do it. But, man, we are going to press to make that happen. Like, I want us to be able to pick the water bottles up and throw them away just because that's where they belong, in the trash. But, you know, if somebody just got up off the couch and there's a blanket laying there and somebody comes over to visit, guess what? That blanket's laying there just in case you're chilly too, so go ahead and put it on. <laughs> or leave it laying there on the couch. Because somebody's gonna use it here in a little bit. <laughs> um, I just, I love the opportunity to be just open and honest and real. I love the atmosphere. Um, and I, I promise it, everything that happens, everything that happens, it happens for a purpose. And I believe that what I'm going to come to you to discuss today is going to flow right in the midst of worship and what I just said. Um, us, us realizing that our life is not perfect and it's not perfect with purpose, with purpose, if we allow it to be, right? 
if we allow it to be. Um, the Bible says that the steps of the righteous man are ordered. Yesterday, someone came into me from basketball practice, and they were like, excuse me, coach, uh, my battery's dead. And Elijah told me as he was leaving that you might be able to help me jumpstart my car. And I was like, a pause. Now, the reason Elijah felt to tell them that was because for probably about two weeks straight, I was jumping my car. <laughs> <laughs> we would go out and be like, come on, buddy, we got to go to basketball practice. Go out like, okay, give me a second. And praise God, we bought jump boxes a long time ago. And so I would just pop that jump box on there, crank it, and I was good to go. Like, it was frustrating at times, but for two weeks, maybe more, I, that's what I was doing. So when this person needed a jump, Elijah was like, my dad's got you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not exciting it's not something that you know again one of those things right like I want to be the person to be able to help but man I, it don't feel good to be the guy that knows to, how to jump the car because he jumped his for three weeks right you know two weeks straight whatever <clears throat> but back to the steps of the righteous men are ordered I went out I I Jumped, long story short, we were able to get the car jumped, not via the jump box, by the way. <laughs> um, but we managed to get the car jumped. She went on about her way. She texted me this morning at 625 and was like, hey, coach, thank you so much. Um, I was able to make it to a auto store, bought a new battery, and the gentleman there installed the battery for me uh, free of charge. And she was like, thank you so much. I appreciate the time that you took. Sorry for, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I just, I sat there and that scripture came to mind. You know, it's okay. The steps of the righteous are ordered. Like, she didn't plan for that. She didn't want that. I didn't plan for that. I didn't want that. But I was in the right place at the right time and was able to do what needed to be done. And I know for a fact that that was all part of God's plan. The good, the bad, the ugly of it, you know, it's all a part of God's plan. And I could tell you even uglier stories, and I could show you how God came through and made a difference. But it's all if we will posture ourselves to allow that to happen. I, I read sometimes. Um, I, I try, you know, I was told that uh, readers... Our leaders are readers, right? <laughs> Little slow goes. Leaders are readers. And um, so I do read sometimes. And I, was, I came across something by theo, a theologian, uh, John Stout. I'm, I don't know the guy that well, but what he wrote here was really good. And then another gentleman, uh, Timothy Keller. I've read a few of his books before. Um, I know a little bit more about him. But these two guys... Um, they were they were kind of hitting on the same thing in the same area, and I thought it was really good. So I want to share some parts of this with you. So John Stout wrote three graphics. I'm sorry, three graphic images are developed in Scripture to illustrate how God uses suffering 
in pursuance of his purpose to make us holy or, in other words, Christ-like. Okay? Three graphic images within scripture. So, when, I, when you look, you know, and, and it made perfect sense to me, the three, the three things are this. Uh, a father disciplining his children. Right? Give you a chance to process it. A father disciplining his children. Um, the metal worker refining silver and gold. Now these, you know, if you look at the Bible, you hear these stories used over and over. The metal worker refining silver and gold. And then the gardener, right, um, pruning his or her vine. Um, and then Stout continued, he says, all three metaphors describe a negative process. All three of these describe a very negative process. But all three also underline a very positive result. Because of the discipline, the child is good. Uh, because of the metal workers uh, uh, working, you know, the, the, the metals become pure, right? The refining makes the metals pure. And then uh, the vines, the fruitless, the fruitfulness, fruitfulness from the pruning. So on the flip side, Timothy Keller, he wrote a book, and it's called Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. And he says this in his book. The central image of suffering in the Bible is a fiery furnace. And that story, or the fiery furnace for most of us, is most well depicted in, right, the three guys, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and yeah. If you watch VeggieTales, then it's, no, okay, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know, all of you guys were thinking it. Um, <laughs> uh, but they get thrown into that fiery furnace, right? Heated, triple times, right? Double time. Um, and there in the midst, there's Jesus. But let's continue. So central image suffering is fiery furnace. So I want to read you a little excerpt. It says, this biblical metaphor is a rich one. Fire is, of course, a well-known image for torment and pain. The Bible calls trials and troubles walking through fire in Isaiah 43 and 2, or a fiery ordeal in 1 Peter 4 and 12. But it also likens suffering to a fiery furnace in 1 Peter 1 and 6 through 7. And we're going to look at those scriptures. The biblical understanding of a furnace is more what we would call a forge. And then we get, we get back to the metal worker, right? Anything with that degree of heat is, of course, a very dangerous and powerful thing. However, if used properly, watch this, it does not destroy. 
Things put into the furnace properly can be shaped, refined, purified, and even made beautiful. So, let's go back to those things. The father disciplining uh, the child, right? Each one of us has found ourselves in situations where we have made decisions, right? We've went down paths, and then we find ourselves uh, hurting or feeling very much disciplined. And it's like, man, that wasn't, that wasn't like, like, God, where are you? I, I don't think, I don't think I deserve this. God, why are you doing this to me? I don't, I don't think that this is fair. And we're feeling like that child who's being disciplined by their father. When maybe for a time that could have been it. Maybe for a time, maybe for a season, that is exactly what was going on. But somewhere in the midst of that, you went from being a disciplined child to being a fine, very, very important piece of metal, material, that just needed to be shaped, right? To be perfected, to be purified. And I think, that if we can recognize when we go from one situation to the next, we can better handle what's happening in our lives. I've went, I've went, you know, I've been going to school for some time now, just kind of dragging it out. <laughs> um, and Right now, I'm going through a piece that's talking about ethics and, you know, whatever. But I was reading something, and, and for a moment, I got, I got really angry. I got really frustrated because these people were basically saying, you know, Christianity and psychology don't really, they shouldn't be in the same place. And they were like, pastoral counseling, what is that? How is pastoral counseling even a thing? Aren't, aren't pastors supposed to tell people we're going to go through bad stuff and that's what we're supposed to do because that's what Christ did? That means you're a better Christian. So if you're trying to get people out of situations via counseling, right, helping them, you know, to not have to deal with those things, then you're doing the opposite thing as a pastor is meant to do. Stay in your lane. And I was like, that don't even make sense. I just, I get real indignant on stuff like that. I'll be reading, you know, these educational books. And I just be like, I want to meet this person right now. Like, I want to call them right now and be like, what were you even saying right here? You went and found some other people that agreed with what you said and you rewrote it. And he was like, this is it because they said it. And I'm like, who are you and who are they? 
Y'all came together and said y'all know stuff. And so everybody said, this is it. I can find some people to do the same thing. PJ, me and you, brother. Chancy, I think we can make it happen. <laughs> and I was just like, what? I was like, how about this? How about as a pastor, I can look at some of the, you know, uh, psychological uh, steps and, and principles. And I can, I can know what God said, right? And I can say, okay, why don't you walk through these steps, understanding that God is with you the whole way. And, and let, why don't you walk through these steps knowing that uh, Christ went through some stuff, so it's going to be okay that you go through some stuff, and Christ is with you, so you're going to be okay coming out the other end. Amen. No, no. I'm just supposed to be like, sorry, bub. Christ dealt with it. You got to deal with it too. <laughs> like, so, look, I didn't, I didn't went on a tell. I apologize. I do. <laughs> Back to the thing. Realizing that sometimes we go through things, right? And there are, there are steps, and that's all I'm getting at. Like, there are things that, that can happen. There are procedures. There are, you know, you can go to counseling, right? You can go to counseling and still know the word of God. Because at some point in your life, you may be dealing with you may be going through a situation that you do need a butt whooping. But then, as you, you know, I mean, come on. All of us were kids at some point in time, and we know that that butt whipping was like, you shouldn't have did that. Okay. <laughs> and then as you walk away, you, you, you become, you've become tougher, Right. You've grown, you've matured and you understand via that butt whipping, you know, it helps you to remember, oh, stay away from that. That's not good. But as you get older, it's no longer the butt whooping that helps you realize what was wrong because it's become a part of you. That's the shaping. Right. The, that 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 fiery furnace, that that bad feeling has now become, you realized it was a part of your shaping. And then we get to the pruning, right? The gardener. And that's when you begin to see things being cut off, right? Snipped, little pieces here and there, sometimes big pieces. Pieces, parts of your life that were dead. It's time to remove those things so that you can continue to grow. So you can continue to see the fruitfulness in your life. These very negative situations coming out with very positive, positive outcomes. Let's look at the scripture. In Isaiah 43 and 2. It's part B. It says, when you walk, and I'm, I'm reading this because I, they used it up in the, in the area up top in that little section that I read. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. That is the word of God. That is, that is a promise. 
though you may go through some very hard things, though you may deal with some very rough things, it won't take you out. Wait, if you stay with him. I want to be very clear about that. If you stay with him, those things will not take you out. If you don't know him, then if you will connect with him, God, if you will allow him to lead you, guide you, wrap you, comfort you, you will not be destroyed. Let's look at, let's look at that same scripture because when I read that, I was like, oh, that's good. But then as I read more of it, I was like, oh, that's great. That's why reading the Bible in context is always so much better. You know, you get that little scripture and you're like, hmm, okay. But then if you go and you read it in context, you're like, oh, mm, that hit different. So let's look at it in a little bit more context. Uh, Isaiah 43, this is going to be the message version. Isaiah 43 verses 1 through 4 is where we're going to be at. But we're going to jump ahead just a little bit in 4. If you're in the message, there's an area where it says, don't be afraid. Can you find that? That's where we're going to start. But it is up here behind me. So it says, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're, when you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Come on, somebody. Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. Is that true for you? Because that's the difference maker. He's the difference maker. You could blow up your whole life. Find him and you will get a reset. Will you have to deal with some stuff? Absolutely. But if you keep walking with him, that stuff will be wiped away. And there will become a point in your life where you won't even remember it. It will be a memory that you don't have. I paid a huge price for you. Pause. I love that. Come on. You don't even need to say, like, I know the rest of it. There's, there's more to that. I get it. But that right there, we all know now what that is. We all know that that in that moment meant something. But that was only a foreshadow of what that means for us. I paid a huge price for you. But then it continues right here. It says, all of Egypt with rich Cush and Seba thrown in. That's how much I, that's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. That's God. That's God. And, and all that's going on with us and everything that we're surrounded with and all the junk or trips and falls and all of that that we may do or have. If we turn to him, he's like, hey, listen, it's OK. You're mine. 
I love you. I paid for you. C- come on. Real quick. I, I'm side. I'm going to stay on focus, I promise. How many people here bought a dog, have a dog, gave him a dog, whatever? You have a dog. That's your dog. If that dog goes out and get into the mulberry bush or whatever bush there is, and he comes out with all kinds of thorns and trees and sticks and all that stuff like that, and somebody's like, oh, my gosh, they don't take care of their dog. No, 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 don't worry about this. my dog. Keep moving. Keep it moving. You don't know my dog. It's my dog. You know? I went into Ben's house the other day, and his dog's got a massive scar on the side. And I can be like, oh, what'd you do to your dog? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I kind of did. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, look at that scar. What happened to his dog? The other night, I found out that the, the mom accidentally, you know, with her claw, cut, cut the dog at birth. Am I right? Am I on the, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, it had nothing to do with Ben. I was like, oh, good. (laughs) But the point I'm making is, is that in our lives, things can blow up. But my question to you is, are you gods? Because if you are gods, then guess what? He loves you. He's got you. He may have to discipline you, and he, he may also have to take you through a forming, a, a purifying moment. And then sometime, at some point in your life, he may need to cut some things off. But if you trust him as your God, then you're good. Sometimes God has to tell other people, hey, 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 he's mine. Don't you worry about him. He's mine. I got him. I got him. I I know. I know he's covered in filth. I got him. I got him. Get get your butt in the house. Get in there. You know, like, come on. We know sometimes that's the way it is. Get get in there. What are you doing? You're like, okay, God, I'm sorry. At least that's the way I see it. I. Sometimes I'm like, okay, God, this is stupid. <laughs> let's, look, let's look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. I'm going to read two versions of this. There's the Amplified, which I think, I don't know, I don't know if I gave her both of those. Put that up in this you yes that is okay so that's the amplified version i'll read that here in this you rejoice greatly in what in in what i just said right in this you rejoice greatly even though now for a little while if necessary you have been distressed you rejoice in this why because you know who you are. You know that there's purpose to this. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. So though you may be unrighteous in a moment, if you turn your face back to God, if you repent and you keep moving in the direction that he had, you can rejoice 
even though for a while you were in distress. It continues, verse 7, so that the genuineness of your faith. Ah, oh, I love that. Here we go. This is where we're, we're, we're rounding third. We're, I mean, we're coming in, right? We're coming into the end. So that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is gold, which is perishable, even though tested and purified by fire, may be found to result in your praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read it in another version. You ready? This is the message. I know how great this mistake, I mean, I'm sorry, I know how great this makes you feel. I know how, I know how great this makes you feel. Even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it. Pro, man. Is that proved? Yeah, jeez, help me. Proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. <laughs> I want to read that last part one more time. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your stuff, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. You may have went through some things. You may have personally done them. Somebody may have done them to you. And you may want to focus on that stuff. But it's, that stuff is not even really, that's not the focal point. I'm not saying that it's not a part of your life. Please don't misunderstand me. But if we can, if we can understand what's happened, I mean, I, I know this personally. I know this personally, right? I can use stories of my children. You have stories. You know, I use the dog. What I'm saying is, is that the things that may cause the, the biggest ruckus in your life are momentary. In the moment, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's everything. But if, you, if we can keep our eyes on God, you can almost see through that. You can almost see through it to the other side. Today, Ben stood up on this stage, full circle. Ben stood up on this stage knowing everything that had happened from, I think he said 10 or so last night, to continuing to on, be ongoing through this morning. He stood on his stage and, and basically what he said is, I'm going to look through this. I'm going to look through this and, and see what I know is there. 
the victory. And guess what? (laughs) We watched. We had the opportunity to watch the fire forging greatness. Do you understand that? We had the opportunity to up close watch fire licking this man, testing him, and him standing in the furnace, still continuing to give praise for who his God is in spite of what it looks like around him. I love it. I am so encouraged by it. Did he go to the hospital and the situations changed? We don't know. I have no idea. But what I do know is that he stood on this stage and he gave God honor. He repented. He apologized for what? Because he was being forged in fire? I don't, I don't know if you understand what is happening there completely. Because I feel like I would hear more amens. If you look at your situation, the next time you come up against an obstacle, I want you to step outside of yourself and go, man, look at what God is doing right now. I am being forged into something amazing. God is removing the impurities out of my life. Let's go. Jump back in there and be like, let's go. Why? Because I know that on the other side of this, something good is going to be there. Because everything has purpose for those who are called. Come on. Listen. Will you bow your heads with me, please? If you are here today and you hear this message, and you know you are going through, you have been through. If you are like, man, I'm, I've heard this story. I like, I've heard this a thousand times, but man, something is hitting. This is just hitting differently for me today. And I need something. I need, I want something. I hear God here. I hear him. I want to see this more. I want to understand this more. I just, I need a refresh. I need a, a, I need a reset. If that's you and you, and like, I would love to pray for you. I would love to pray for you. 
But if you're like, man, I don't want to get out of my seat and I just don't want to make a scene or whatever. If you're willing to come out and come to this altar, I want to pray with you up here. It's just, it's just a open, this is what I'm doing. But if you don't want to do that and you sitting right where you are, you want to raise your hand, you like, hey, I need a reset and I want you to pray for me. If you want to raise your hand, then I, I, I can see and I can know that that's you. But if you're here and you just don't know Christ at all, and like you're hearing this for the first time, and you're like, man, is this real? Is he really going to do this? You know, is all of this really for a purpose? Is this really making me better? Is this, am I going through this because something is better on the other side? If you're just hearing that for the first time and you're like, I can have something good out of this if I'm with Christ and you want that today, if that's you, will you join me here at the altar or will you raise your hand? If that's you, I want to try something new. I want to try something different. All right. Well, I want to pray with everybody, and then I'm going to pray with those who have joined me up here. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that there is purpose in all that we do. And I thank you that, Lord God, in some seasons, Lord, you, Lord God, you are, you are disciplining like a father should and would because they love their child to get them turned in the right direction. And then sometimes, God, you are just simply putting us through the fire so that we can be stronger, so that we can be purified and just some things be removed out of our lives. Some of those deep grained things. And then sometimes, Lord God, you're just, you're just a gardener pruning. Some of those things that aren't so deep grained, they're just, they're there. And you're like, you just need to just cut that off. God, I thank you that you are those, those, those different things in our lives in different places. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we would understand that, allow that, invite that. So that we can be who you've called us to be. So that we can love one another. So that we can pray for one another, uplift one another, encourage, edify. In the name of Jesus, God, have your way in our lives. Have your way. That is not just a, a saying. God, I am asking, have your way in my life, have your way in the body dating. And Lord God, I pray that everybody in here is praying the same prayer. And if they're not, if they're not, God, deal with them. Deal with them today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. You are free to go. I love you. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you for joining us. We are done. I thank you for allowing me to speak into your life. I hope you've been encouraged. But as I pray, will you please be mindful and respectful of this time? It won't be too long, I don't think. Love you guys. God bless you.